but football without fans is not. You play a football match without fans, is it not? It can be the greatest game in the world, but if there are no people there to watch, it becomes nothing. And to Johnson. Why the flag, Paddy? Fly the flag. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we've just, well, say we've just witnessed, but we've saw Celtic beat the Rotten Mob 3 2 at Celtic Park to go 12 points clear at the top of the league. A very, very hard game. Um, probably the fact that we made it hard for ourselves, aren't they? But aye, great, great, um, a great victory. It's a lovely day outside, the sun's shining on the righteous. Brilliant. What did you first and foremost? What did you think? Yeah. Oh, happy to get the three points. Some great performances from some of the players. But overall, not a great game of football, Paddy. Mm. Um, I know you'd I know you'd sent me a start that said something like Celtic had 80% passing. Uh, completion. I had made on it. Uh, that is this that is going to be the strangest fucking strangest stat that I've seen all day. Because for me, our passing was horrendous today. And there is young yeah, Gavin. I'll just read it. Out again, hope you're ready to come in there, mate. <laughs> aye, mate. Aye, yeah. My, my voice is so we How, How are you guys doing? Not too bad. So, we literally just came on, Gavin. I'm just about to read a, a couple of little stats that I think are quite interesting, considering that almost every single that our passing was atrocious today. Our passing was slack. Our passing let us down. It allowed them to capitalize and press us when we didn't need to be pressed. And we just want it at the races when it comes to passing or generally the game. However, we had 80% pass accuracy with 370 passes. They had 76. Their passing was freaking worse than us. How the hell did that happen? One thing that looked, by the way, that the passing, yeah, I, our passing game was not good today. I'll give you that. What I would kind of disagree, though, is they never capitalised on it. We, we were able to capitalise on their mistakes because... Did you hear that? Is that a fucking... Uh, is a tanker just landed inside your house? <laughs> um, no, I think uh, we're the better team, so we're able to capitalise on their mistakes. I don't think they're good enough to capitalise on our mistakes, although we did present them opportunities to. Um, when I was coming at the game, by the way, it was such an emotional game because you were, it was like highs and lows, frustration, joy... Everything in between as well. And when I was when we were wake, making our way out the stadium, filing out, there was one guy who said that's like the best shape performance I've ever seen. And although it's like a strange way to put to put it, it's it's quite accurate in a way. We weren't at the races. Um, first half was first half was really poor. But over the course of the game, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I'm overjoyed when that Jota goal went in for the third one. Fucking hell, man! Like, uh, the place was bouncing. It was bouncing. Uh, I, I thought it was over by that point. Obviously, they came back in it, making it three two. But um, yeah, McGinty, I agree with you. Passes weren't great, but I think the difference is we're able to capitalise on their mistakes. Not quite the same way the other way around, though. So I think I think for us, obviously, the the talking point before the game is who was going to start because. As we as we knew coming into the game, Hatati was out, um, injured. He wasn't making it, which was a big a big blow for us, I think, because he's he's been phenomenal this season. Um, Aaron Moy came back in. He's he's been out injured, uh, and Matt O'Reilly presumably came in for Hatati. Um, at that point, I was thinking it was better to have Moy in for his experience. He's been playing very very well this season. I think he drives the games. He controls games. O'Reilly's one who's kind of you know, the, the, the precipice of the, uh, the team this season. He's not been playing a lot, like starting regularly. He's been coming in and making substitute appearances and that. So it was a big game for him, but I thought... <sighs> I thought Moy was terrible. I thought he was absolutely shocking, which was very uncharacteristic. So the only thing I can think is that he's still possibly carrying a wee bit of an injury, and he had to come in because Hatati was it. Sorry, right, possibly, Paddy. It was um, as soon as you saw the lineup, and I don't think any of the players in today's lineup were on paper are a bad player. We've, we've got quality throughout the squad, sort of thing. But on paper, when you see the the lineup of O'Reilly and Moy, it was an instant fuck. We're going to be slow. We're going to be a bit too long on the ball at times. We're going to. I don't think we're there to win the midfield battle today, and that kind of showed at points. Moyes, I, I thought he was doing not too bad in the first half. I think defensively, from an attacking position defensively, he was doing well to win the ball back at times, but his passing was slack. He was They were all quite slack with it, and it, he just wasn't at, at, at the best game that he's ever had sort of thing. And to be honest, I was taking him and O'Reilly off at halftime. They were, they were both absolutely honking. They were given no impotence and no tempo to the midfield at all. And plus, I think at that point, both of them were probably on yellow cards. So, yeah, would have got them off a lot sooner. Mm. It was def- it was definitely it was a strange start to the game because we were very uncharacteristically slack in possession. Um, again, we've, we've already obviously spoke about the past and that, and I just thought that there was uh, it, it was almost like a an element of nervousness in our game for some reason, which I don't understand because Celtic Park was a hundred percent full of Celtic fans. There was none of that mob there, so we had we had the back end of the atmosphere. We had everything. It was a scorching day. It was a cracking condition for a football game, which should on paper suit us. But again, it was just it was a it was just a strange bit of it was a strange kind of approach for us. Know that obviously that's the approach that Andrew's sending us out to play clearly, but we just seem to be. We, I don't know. Would you call it overawed or just kind of nervous or is it just one of the days? We, we were flat. They, they looked up for it from, from the get-go. They looked up for it and they had to be because there, there was so much pressure on them going into this game. Um, we looked very flat, lacklustre. It, it looked as if it was we were just having a kickabout on there. There was no urgency and... We looked, in my opinion, I thought we looked disjointed. Now, this is at the start 
in, in the first half, largely the first half was very poor. I thought we, we, we grew into the game in the second half, albeit second half, there was still poor, poor moments as well. But the first half, we looked disjointed. One thing, Starfield and Cameron Carter-Vickers, by the way, I'm very eager. I'm going to watch this game back later on tonight when I've got some time because I, I prefer to watch it again on TV compared to what you see it when you're a spectator in the ground. But in the first half, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Starfield just kind of kept passing it to each other because the angles weren't on to feed out to the fullbacks. Um, the fullbacks, whenever they did receive the ball, it looked quite like they were running back to get it. And as soon as they ran back to get it, they were already on the back foot. They were facing the wrong way. They had a marker up their arse. And at that point, it, 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 it just looked poor. We weren't at our fluid best. But at the same time, whenever we look bad, do you blame us or do you give Rangers a bit of credit to say, well, that's how they, they forced us into those those errors? So it goes a bit, a bit of both ways. At the same time, though, no, I'm talking about unforced errors. Moy... Moy's normally very, very cool in these games, but today there was. How do you legislate for that? Him giving the ball away so often, he couldn't make a pass. I don't think that was him under pressure. He just it looked as if he smoked a big doobie before the game, and um, yes, yeah, so he's one of the players anyway. So to an extent, you can give them credit for making us make those errors. But other other people, people like Moy, I just I was just so perplexed at why it wasn't working for him. Maybe he was on fit, that's what people were saying. Maybe maybe he was a late fitness um, pass and uh, maybe he shouldn't have started. I don't know. I don't know. Well, again, the only thing I can think of is that because Hatati was it and it was such a big blow to be losing him, that we had to rely on Moy coming in possibly a bit earlier than he should have. Um, maybe Ange didn't want to throw a water in. You know, obviously Moy's played against them. He's played more at Celtic Park. He's got the experience. Awata's, you know, inexperienced at this level. But regardless of that, you know, Moy was Moy, Moy was very, very poor. Um, it just it wasn't just Moy, obviously. We're no, we're no scapegoating anybody here. I, I know it sounds as if we're talking here as if we've been defeated, but we've no. We're just going to get the negatives at the road first, and then we'll go into the positives. I thought for for me, one of my favourite players in this Celtic team, the guy who I think is Mister Consistent in every single week, Carter Vickers was honking. Um, especially on the ball. And I'm going to bring a comment up there for Alan Woods. I'm hoping the staff out here has that he bailed CCV out a few times today. And I think he did. Um, I think staff out was, was good. I think he was good. Um, but again, I've used this word umpteen times already. Uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically, uh, unlike Carter Vickers to be so slack on the ball in terms of possession. But as you, as you said, Gav, like, our errors were leading them to grow into the game, so that was br that was bringing them into the game. And to be fair, they were doing well <laughs> at certain parts. They were aggressive and they were forcing us in into errors. But we don't usually we don't usually encounter that type of press, so that kind of put us on the back foot a wee bit. But we were still flat, as you said, still making too many errors. We couldn't really get a a tempo going, we couldn't get the flow going in the game because we were, we were making so many errors in terms of passing. We we couldn't bring ourselves into formation. We just we just couldn't get the the, the tempo going. But listen, <laughs> so I was wondering with the Carter Vickers thing and the Starfelt thing. Do you think the yellow card to Carter Vickers quite early on in the game had an impact on how he performed, and then? 
in a positive light. And I don't mean to be too harsh and stuff, Ellen. It will sound like I am because last game, uh, last podcast, I was asking for perhaps Kobayashi to come in. But do you think that having um, having start Katavikas uh, on that yellow early on has maybe made Katavikas stand off a little bit? He's then became a bit too slack. He's not wanting to rush into things. But positively, it's made Starfield go, hold on a minute, I need to help you, I need to cover you. And his experience has kicked in there to kind of cover up for Carter Vickers being a bit more slack. I think it's a good point. Whenever you get booked so early, I, I, I don't know if it was in like the first 10 minutes, McGinty, that Cameron Carter Vickers get booked. But whenever that does happen to one of your centre-halves, and again, where everybody needs to be on it, then yeah, you do get a wee bit worried. Uh, you worry if that's going to affect his performance, if he's going to be more reserved. On the other hand, I would say that Cameron Carter-Vickers, the way that he plays, um, he do- I don't think he gets booked all that, all that often. Um, he's never a dirty player, but he never gets found out. He does. I don't think that he gets exposed very often in games in order to resort to making fouls, which merit yellow cards. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, uh, you're on a bit of a, that, that cliche, you're on a bit of a tightrope for the rest of the game. But Woods, he was saying... Um, uh, Starfield kind of build him out at times. I need to watch a game back ju- just to kind of analyse everybody's performance um, and get another perspective on it. But yeah, yeah, I- I'm sure it did to an extent um, uh, make him think about it. Uh-huh. Can I ask you guys one thing? Um, I don't know if I'm fast forwarding to the second half or if it was still in the first half. What happened between Kalmak and Raskin? In order to 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 force the referee to give out two yellows, it looked like, like from up. I was watching Callum. I'm like, you don't normally get wound up like this. He was pushing the guy, and I, like everybody was saying, "Calm the fuck down, man! Don't do something stupid here." So, do, what, what did you guys see? I was from the letter of the for the letter of the law, and this is where maybe you, we'll we'll touch on their disallowed goal for Morales, Morales at some point as well. But by the letter of the law. Two yellow cards is probably fair. However, green tinted glasses definitely fumbling on for this one. Raskin does nudge his head forward twice and could have seen a straight red card for in my in my opinion. He gets away with that quite quite easily. It starts from a foul that I think we're on the receiving end of the free kick for. McGregor goes to grab the ball and Raskin's holding on to it. And Raskin and McGregor, they're doing that kind of give me the ball and I'll fuck off sort of thing. And it's two hands kind of go up. It's really handbags. It's really not much in it. But by the letter of the law, you're going to say, well, you raise your hand, you get a yellow card. That's straight up. That's fine. But if you're going to be that pedantic about it, then the two times that Raskin does that to say, go on then, go on. And he kind of nudges his forehead to, into McGregor. He's not headbutted him. I'm not going to say he has, but he's made that motion. And we've seen that before. It's been a straight red card with zero contact against our players. We've seen it before. So by those kind of weird, if you, how pedantic do you want to be? Rask is very lucky. But on the whole, that's the only flashpoint against us. And I don't think there was much in it, really. I uh, Just just what McGinty said there, um, Raskin, I, I can't mind if it was Johnson, who was the player that was fouled. Uh, but the next minute you see Raskin kind of standing over him. And then obviously McGregor's came for the side. And he's kind of He's he said something to Raskin. He's tried to get the ball back, and Raskin's the first one that's actually lifted his hands to McGregor. So in that instance, of course you're going to expect the guy to have a go back. You know what I mean? Uh, I get what you're saying, McGinty, about the letter of the law. You know, both players should be booked because both of them have raised their hands. But if somebody raises your hands to if somebody raises their hands to you first, then as far as uh, I'm concerned, uh, you're, you're uh, well within the rights to retaliate. 
if they both push at the exact same time and they retaliate, not a retaliation, if they both act at the same moment at the same time with the same action, then it's an even yellow card each way. But you have to take into consideration somebody starts it. And when I, if I firmly believe this is right, it was a foul against us, so it was our free kick, it was our ball to have. And Raskin's the one to lift his arms, arms first. He's instigated that. Surely this should be a harder punishment on his side than us. And does that mean that you just raise your hand means a straight red card? No. But does it mean that you give a bit of a leeway, as you say, a bit, a bit of consideration that somebody's going to kind of like stand his ground a little bit? And McGregor never got forceful. He just stood his ground. I think the yellow card from McGregor is harsh, but we'll stick by the letter of the law because that's what VAR is telling us to do these days. Yellow card each way. And that leads us into the first major flashpoint of the game, talking about the letter <laughs> of the law and the VAR. Um, so obviously we'll talk about the, the disallowed goal at the start. Um, first, I'll ask you, Gav. What was your what was your impression at the game? What was the what was everybody else's kind of opinion about the, the disallowed goal? Did you think it was a, a foul by Morelos on Alistair Johnson? Obviously, McGinty and I have saw it. We we've we've saw the camera angles. We've got our opinions, but we'll hear for you first, mate. Um, I couldn't say, and I, I was there a million miles away from it. I'm actually in line. With the the the, the eighteen yard box, um, I couldn't. I, I was just thanking my lucky stars that it get ruled uh, out for a foul. I didn't know exactly what happened. Um, no, me, I, I I couldn't say that I saw it. Like I I, I was there, but you, my eyes weren't fixated on that. It was just the the false fromage. Um, so I would have to see it back on camera. Um, but I, I was just glad that it got ruled out. And I, I guess we'll be talking about this, you know, at, at the end of the game after we've kind of covered all the events, talk about how did the referee acquit himself. I know the Clancy got a lot of shit today, but you need to do weigh that in the ledger as well, the fact that it got ruled out, especially if you thought it was a legitimate goal. I don't know. I would have to see it back. So, sorry, mate, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I was just happy it got ruled out. So, as you've all saw, everybody in the comments, everybody viewing, it's a corner that comes in for the, the left-hand side, the right-hand side, sorry, uh, comes in and you can see there's a there's a bit of tussling going on between Morelos and Alistair Johnson. Then at that point, Morelos kind of swings around to the back of him. Johnson's still got a hold of him. Morelos has got a hold of him. But for me, there is a push. Morelos does get behind him and he pushes him away, right? Johnson flies. Now, the... the, the the argument that's put forward by Andy Walker and Chris Boyd in commentary on Sky was that Johnston has flung himself dramatically uh, and that both of them basically were having a tussle, so the goal should have stood and it's and it's an embarrassing uh, decision by VAR, but it's not only VAR, right? So Kevin Clancy's made the call first and foremost. He saw, the, he saw a push, I'm presuming. It's then went to VAR and it's Nick Walsh, of all people, who's in the VAR room. And Nick Walsh has says, no, it's a disallowed goal. Now, McGinty, opinions? Yep, so you have to remember the VAR can only get involved to a degree if it's a clear and obvious error. Now, a letter of the law will tell us that two wrongs, well, that's not letter of the law, but I'll start by saying two wrongs don't make a right. Both of them were at it. Both of them had hands on each other. Both of them were pulling. You can see both shirts are pulled and twisted at certain points. So both of them are at it. 
doesn't mean that one's a foul against the other one and somebody gets the benefit of the goal or somebody should get the benefit of the foul. The two wrongs don't make a right. But what you have to remember is that VAR can only get in if there's a clear and obvious error. <clears throat> the ball's coming over, Morales is behind Alistair Johnson, and there's a push by Morales onto Alistair Johnson. I don't think it's a strong push. I think Alistair Johnson's not flung himself, but I think he's tried to turn and head the ball at the same time, which has made it all look a bit more theatrical. I'm trying to be nice to Alistair Johnson there, of course. But there's definitely a push on him, and Clancy is to the back right. He sees the arm and the push by Morales. So when VAR says to him, look, that's not really a foul, I can only assume that Clancy's turned around and says, no, I physically saw the hand on him. It has been a push. It's not clear and obvious. We don't, we're not reviewing it. And I'll hold my hands up and say, thank God, because <laughs> if it was the other way around, I would be arguing for the goal. But I'm going to take it at this stage. But let out the law. Two wrongs don't make a right. There was a push. It technically was a foul. Yep. And see, and see what you're saying about Johnson. Now, I know that there's been comments made by the fucking clown that is Chris Boyd about him falling dramatically. If you actually, Gav, I know I'm kind of talking to him again on this one because you've not seen it on the, with the camera angles and that. But if you look at Johnson, he's actually, he's not falling. He's not diving as such, but he's diving to try and header the ball. But that still doesn't decry the fact that he's been pushed in the back. And there is a push. There's a clear push. You can see it. Whether or not it's enough push to uh, to get him to the ground or whatnot. But if, if you're giving penalties for fouls in the box, then pushing a guy in the back is a foul in the box. Would you agree or would you disagree? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. Uh, one kind of comparison I would like to say, and uh, a question as well. Um, the cup final, uh, where we beat them, um, you remember when Morello scored um, in the, the six-yard box? He actually, yep. you remember, he pushed he pushed Aaron Moy in order to create space for himself. A lot of us were talking about that after the final whistle, albeit we won the game, but we're looking back in that goal, and a lot of people were saying, well, that should have been a foul, but he got away with it. This time, he didn't get away with it. And one question I wanted to ask you is, can you just remind me, did Clancy give it as a foul, and then VAR backed him up as well? Was that yes. the order of events, yes. yeah? Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. He never um, went to the I... screen to check it, he just... He... VAR just had a discussion in his ear. That was it. There's no going to the screen or anything. Yeah. And uh, as well in the first half, um, Kyoko scored a goal. Uh, was, that, was that a definite offside then? Yes. Offside, yes. Yeah. I thought when that goal happened, I was raging because I felt that the lines would flag for far too quick because as the ball's crossing the line and hit the back of the net, you already see the players reacting to, oh, fuck, it's offside sort of thing. And I was absolutely livid because I was thinking this is one of these times you let the play out because he seemed to have flagged it. Players had looked for the offside call. I thought, see, this ends up being technically a goal, but they've already flagged it before the whistle was blown. I'd be absolutely livid. But see, as soon as you see, as soon as you see the replay, he's offside. There's no doubt about it. It's actually a, a really good call from the linesman. It's a very, very good uh, ball. I think it was was it Johnson? I, get it. Uh, I believe yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great ball too. Um, but uh, Kyle Gove was at least maybe two yards offside, I would say. Yeah, obviously offside. Uh, no doubt about it. 
I think uh, on the course of it, on the course of it, the first half, the first half was really quite short of quality. Um, what do you guys remember of the uh, the goal for Kyogo? I think that was on like the 26th minute. Sorry, Paddy, I didn't mean to shoehorn that in there. If there was other events we wanted to talk about, what what was your memories of the the, the first goal for Kyogo? Uh, I actually think I uh, ended up with a concussion because I hit the ceiling. Uh, uh, <laughs> McGinn, I'll let you know with that one because you were raving about Kyogo before the game, even though you wanted all to start. Uh, well, I want, yeah, yeah, I wanted all to start. No, it was, it was a good. Is this the one where he, he brings it in and he turns? Yeah. Yep. I, I always get the order of my goals mixed up. So the ball comes in from the, the left flank and he comes in, he controls it well, kind of near the penalty spot. And he turns quite well on it, and he, he takes a shot off it. It's a great little goal. He he does very well to to compose himself. Uh, it all happens kind of fast. Great little goal. Great, James. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing, pal? Ah, no, no too bad after that. I suppose. Fucking, how bad were we? But how good was it? That's the only way it kind of sums up the day, wasn't it? We weren't great, but fucking, you take your horn after a win. And I think if we check the tapes back, some of us might have said 3 2. Some of us might have bet 3 2, but some of us might have also fucking doubled it up with Haxabanovich anytime. So some of us might have made an asset. Well, you've, just, you've, literally, you've literally just joined us as we've been talking about Guy Ogo's first goal, right? But we were very briefly before that talking about the, the first disallowed goal. Um, I'd asked Gav about his what, what he saw at the game and what did he think at the time. So I'll ask you yourself: Did you see? Did it look like a foul, or you know, did everybody else think it was a foul, or, was, or were you thinking at that point, "Fuck, we got away with one"? Didn't have a clue, mate. To be honest with you, uh, where I was sitting was kind of made up at uh, literally just around the corner of the Green Brigade, so I couldn't really see uh, see what was happening. I've had a few messages for. Celtic supporters and Rangers supporters saying that we get away with one for it, but I haven't seen a thing back, so it sounds as if we've got away with one. So basically, um, as I said, Chris Boyd and Andy Walker, who was in commentary, uh, and who else was it? Ali McCoist. Sorry, it was Ali McCoist and Andy Walker. Chris Boyd was in the, the studio. But, uh, the three of them basically in cahoots with each other have said that it's an embarrassing decision, embarrassing by VAR. Uh, and it's embarrassing this country. No, good. Get up. Aye, correct. McGinty and I, McGinty and I have watched it, and there's a clear push by Morelos on the back of Johnson. It might not be a pure shove, but he puts his hands on him and he pushes him. So, as far as I'm concerned, fuck him. Aye, that's it, mate. As I say, I haven't seen a thing back. I, I, the Kyogo one, obviously, we kind of knew right away. He was about fucking four mile offside, but. Mm. Uh, no, nah, I've not seen a thing back, so I'll, I'll take a look for it. But fucking, I hope he didn't fool him. I hope it was fucking just disallowed it for the sake of it. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> so I, I take it that that's Andy Walker firmly back in his usual camp. Um, because oh, I, I, mate, I, mate, it was absolutely he, vile. He deviated from the party line a couple of days ago, didn't he? But now he's went back to his usual position, yes? Oh, oh you, want to hear, you want to have heard him, mate. He's just a slimy... Sleazy, slick it little soup taking prick who I hope fucking his neck shites a bowling ball. Apart <laughs> for that, he's all right. 
James, so, what was your overall thoughts on the first half? We did Kyogo's goal. We spoke about the, the disallowed goal for Morelos. Um, overall, the quality looked very, very poor. It picked up in the second half. There was a lot of drama in the second half. Um, what was your thoughts overall on the first half? Like, Genuinely terrible. I, I, honestly, I, I don't think it was a great game but for us. I don't think we really kind of turned up. The first half especially. I'm not going to get in his back because it's kind of what a day, but Aaron Moy was awful. I'll give him benefit of the doubt, to be fair, but, I'll, but he, was, he was terrible. He's probably their best player in the first half, and that's that's no even kidding on uh, the amount of times he gave it away. And then, uh, don't get me wrong, and fucking coming for me, this is probably going to be a laugh, but I think the crowd got on his back a wee bit, a bit early, and then it felt as if he maybe played a wee bit safe after it, which I suppose is understandable. He just started passing balls back the way. Personally, I would have taken him off at half time. Don't get me right, I don't think any of the midfield three were good, and I'll include McGregor in that. I think O'Reilly came on to a game in the second half, he was kind of putting the boot in a wee bit more, but I wasn't overly impressed with the three of them in there. But I think Moy was by a mile probably the worst. But as I say, he's been excellent the last few months, so I'll be the first to jump on his back, but I'll give him benefit of the doubt today because it has been excellent the last wee while. Well, one person who I thought was absolutely incredible in the first half was Alistair Johnson. Man, Alistair Johnson, what a performance! That I, I was, I was very, very unsure about him when he first came in, but you can see the qualities that that guy's got. He's just a fucking. He's a unit. He's so strong. He's defensively superb. You see him at every point. He closes doing everything that he can. He doesn't give the opposition player a minute. Some of his slide tackles today were absolutely magnificent, and his drive and his engine is just aye. He's he's just a quality quality player. And for me, as Gary Melrose is just literally just, you must be twigged with my my brain, mate. Uh, he's definitely an upgrade on Yaranabi, uh, yeah. which again aye, I was aye, very, that, very very unsure about it at the time, but no, he's definitely he's one way over. That comment that they were talking about it in the radio, and I was just driving home. And um, that 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 was the last uh, phone in that I was listening. That was the last call I was listening to before I, uh, I I went into the house. But there was a guy who phoned in and he said exactly that he's an upgrade on Yanovich, who was a fan favourite as well. Let's not forget, and he had a bit of a continental presence about him, um, Yanovich. But AJ, like, what, what can you say? Like, he's he, he is a unit. And whenever you hear someone say you've just signed a guy who's got two sets of lungs, you're like, fucking hell, I, I'll take that. But he, he does he run about like a headless chicken, like some people. You know, he's an athlete, but at the same time, he's a very good defender. Um, he's probably better from a defensive point of view than an attacking point of view. But if you're old school, like some people are, then you'll say that's not a bad thing at all. Defend because you're a defender and he'll get better um, with, with his deliveries and stuff like that. Not that he's bad at all at deliveries, but he's just... If he was like a FIFA player and you were to look to see where his stats would be, they'd probably be heavily weighted in the defensive side. That's all I'm saying. Um, aye. So, obviously, the, the, the disallowed goal had happened and then Kyogo popped up soon after with the, with the opener. The first legit opener. Uh, and at that point, I was hoping that we could get to half-time, we'd get in, regroup, and we'd have a word with the guys because the passing wasn't there, there was no fluidity there. I was literally just hoping that we could get in up 1-0, let Ange speak to the boys and say, look, we need to up our game here, need to up the tempo, the passing needs to be a lot, lot more crisper. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. 
we saw a couple of really good sliding tackles, one for Alistair Johnson, I think, another one for Vickers, possibly. But then, as they were on the attack, the ball comes out to the left-hand side, then it comes back in again to the centre. And, and I saw Matt O'Reilly, I, I was watching Matt O'Reilly on the telly, you could see him kind of just running run, and I thought, this guy's going to come fucking flying in here. And then what does he do? Comes in with a rash slide tackle. About 44 minutes or something on the clock, and it gives them a free kick and a perfect spot. And then, of course, who fucking steps up for that bastard tavernier? Uh, first and foremost, it was a good strike, very, very good strike. But I don't want to be too overcritical. But I thought Joe Hart's positioning was 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 poor. Um, again, it was a very good free kick. There was a lot of power in it. There was a, a bit of dip on it. But it's not as if it was right into the corner, wasn't it? The postage stamp, as the old Yanks and Americans say. It was kind of in between centre and the corner. So Joe Hart's Joe Hart's lined up his wall. He's standing centrally the goal. And then Tavernier scores. Um again to you though, obviously saw it on the telly. What was your take on it? And did you think that Joe Hart could have done anything to stop it? I think he's just too slow. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Um, we've covered Joe Hart before. We know he's got a blunder or two in him. I don't think he's had one of those moments of, oh, fuck's sake, we need to replace Joe Hart. We don't need to discuss him in that light today. I think he's made a couple of crackers elsewhere. He's positioned his wall really good. You watch him in the, in the TV, you can see... And looking at the wall, you can see him give the thumbs up and he's nodding along. He's confident with the wall. Mm -hmm. He places himself quite central in the goal. He's obviously aware of what could happen. <clears throat> but even though he's aware of it and any of those confident of the wall, the wall jumps. The ball is, credit where it's due, the ball struck really fucking well. But Hart's just too slow. He should get there. It's two or three yards from the, from the, uh, <clears throat> from right in the corner. It's not out of his stretch. He's just too slow to actually get up and make the save. It's not the worst mistake a keeper could make, but the keeper does take blame. It's a free kick. I mean, obviously, a free kick shouldn't have happened, but it's a free kick. You need your keeper to be on it. He just wasn't on it. But it's not a massive blunder in the sense of, oh, my fucking God, we need to replace him. It's just, you know, we concede goals sometimes. It fucking happens. Aye, it's, listen, as you say, we we are going to concede goals. It happens, especially when you get stupid free kicks away. Um, but I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think, I am not at the point of saying replace Hart. I don't think it was a blunder, but I I 100% agree with you. It was very, very slow for, 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 for my take. You know, even his dive. His dive was almost in fucking slow motion. But I'm not going to give him too much grief about it. But again, I think he could have done a wee bit better. But guys, um, obviously YouTuber at the game, what was the what was the atmosphere like at that point when they equalised? You know, did it kind of go flat? Or was everybody still positive and optimistic? Whenever uh, Tavernier was lining up for the free kick, I was sitting there, and like part of me is saying, "Nah, it's too far out. It's too far out. He's going to have to do something very, very special." I'm like maybe only Nakamura could score from there. Uh, we've seen it done before, but Tavernier, he, he, he's an excellent free kick taker. I, I know people are reluctant to give the guy credit. Um, I think he actually got 100 goals for Rangers today, which is uh -huh. 
Yeah, they, they, that's that's something that they can congratulate him on. But he's a very good free kick taker. Um, there's no denying that. I thought from where I was sitting that it, it was a postage stamp one, but obviously from what you guys are saying, if Hart should have got to it, then that, that implies that it was a not so postage stamp and a little bit more central. So if that's the case, then fair enough. You, you would like... You would like uh, the keeper to do everything possible because it, it was definitely a, a good distance out. Um, but he generates a lot of power, you know, um, good execution. He's got a great technique for that. So, But whenever the goal went in and then the, the, the halftime whistle went, I was thinking it might be one of those days where we don't get the victory. Um, I, I was thinking about how, how the, the game is going to finish. Um, I might not be going home grinning. I was thinking how we'd be doing this podcast uh, this evening um, if we never won. Um, but I was prepared. I, I, at that point, I was thinking, you know, the, t- the team have done so well, post the team have done so well this season that they've got credit in the bank and I'm not going to go overboard if we don't get a victory today. Obviously, that's different and we can be a wee bit more critical because we've got that leeway now where we, we can praise and criticise. But at that point, half-time, one each, I was thinking, well, we've not been at the races today. So uh, maybe I'm expecting too much uh, to go on 1-0 ahead. James, did you have a different perspective than me? No. To be fair, the when the free kick it gave, still a wee phrase for Paddy, but I felt it in my pitch that they were going to score. Uh, I, I, everything around about me was the same, I know. Uh, you just knew it was going in. I think it got in off the bar. For where I was sitting, I, I wouldn't fault heart. I think because it goes in off the bar, it makes it look that wee bit better as well. Um, but I spoke to a pe- couple of people in Whiteham and they said that Hart probably should have done a wee bit better with it. As I say, I've, I've not seen anything back for the game at all. But at half time, and I, I said it at half time, who I was talking to, I just didn't think we could be that bad again in the second half. Because... Don't get me wrong, we'll maybe, I mean, we've discussed it on here, you'll maybe get into a game that's no suited to Maida and he's no in it, maybe Kyogo's quiet. Again, Kyogo was quiet and fucking hit the ball in the back of the net three times. But it felt as if everybody, apart from Johnson, it felt as if like, the full team was off it. So I, I thought it would have taken Moy off at half-time and I don't think that would have been harsh in the slightest. Uh, went Moy for a water. He's obviously left it that week in a 15-20 minutes in the second half. I don't think we were great shakes in the second half either, but we were definitely better than we were in the first half. We seemed to kind of, I say take it by the scruff of the neck, but we didn't really do that either. But we just kind of put our foot in the ball a bit more and it felt as if we, we took the game to the aim a wee bit more. And obviously, we basically won the second half too long, I suppose. I, and I think that's what we had today. You know, we had to come out for the second half and we had to, we had to make an impact. But I think even for when we started that kind of slack, the slackness in the past was still there. There was still that bit of, I think I would call it kind of nervous nervousness. But we we just we just didn't flow. But listen, we we ended up we did up our game. Um, Kyogo had obviously scored. We equalised in the first half. Then the second half comes in, and then there was mistakes happening on their part. And uh, you need to correct me here, McGinty. But what t- what time did uh, Jot? Uh, uh, what time did Kyle go score the second goal? The fuck's sake, put me on the spot and remember the fucking time. Was it no 60 odd minutes or something? I can't remember. 62. Hold up. 62, mate. 62, aye. aye. 62. Hold up, we'll get the yeah. exact minute and second for you. Right, well, <laughs> as, soon as, I put, soon as, soon as I put you on the spot, then why don't you talk 62. to me? 62. Fuck it. Yeah, put me on the spot. Why don't you? So, this isn't the one that, <laughs> that was across. <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, somebody else run up through it. You know I get these wrong every fucking day. Right, we'll, we'll speak for the guys that was at the game. Gav, talk us through Kyogo's goal. Um, I thought it might have been Jota on the right-hand side, on the right flank, um, who had the ball and... Fuck. Um, he, he managed to kind of deliver a, a ball in. Shit happened. And then I think it might have been Davis who like ha- tried to head the ball, but it just went up. Oh, I, and then I, Jota, Jota <laughs> managed to... Jota, it, it looked as if he was just waiting for it to, to go out for like a corner kick, but Jota tried to re- retrieve the situation because he's tenacious. And he managed to, <laughs> to regain possession. And it, it just kind of like, he took a touch, it went to Kyogo, and Kyogo uh, kind of jack in the box. He just managed to steal in, and he, he hit it with his right foot, and it went through the legs of Alan McGregor into the goal. It didn't look that impressive, but if you think about Kyogo's positioning, he's, he's an absolute predator, and if, if he doesn't have those natural instincts, we're never going to score from there. But you know what ruined the moment for me? Whenever, jo- whenever the ball was... Uh, released to Jota on the right flank. The, the, the wee lassie sitting next to me said, you're offside, you're offside. So whenever the ball went in the back of the net, I didn't celebrate. I was just standing. I was just waiting for Va to call it offside because she convinced me it was offside. And then obviously, uh, Rangers kicked I, off again. I'm like, you're a dancer, you're a fucking dancer. I, I reckon after listening to you there, Gavin, you're going to have to watch that goal back, much like Michael Beale and bloody Tavernier need to watch that goal back for two reasons. One, the two Rangers players played everybody onside by standing on the, the touchline. So it was never offside. Uh, but secondly, Jota doesn't do F all. When that ball goes up off Davis, it falls down, it bounces, and then comes up. And Jota's hands, so I'm going to have to half stand up here, guys. Jota's hands is about here, and the ball bounces here, and it flicks away. Jota does nothing but stand like a bloody lamppost. And then the ball goes to Kyogo, who, as you said, Predator instincts, his positioning and his movement is second to none in this league. And he, he gets his second goal, well-deserved second goal from him. But Jot himself, as much as Bjorn Tavernier wants to say it, not a handball slight in the slightest <laughs> at all. And whoever the last year is, it sits near you at Celtic Park, far from offside because there's two other Rangers players, one being Davis, who's playing him on. I actually, I actually didn't know what happened until I saw the replay. Obviously, saw saw Kyle go scoring the goal, but I seen the ball going up there, and I thought it's going. To, I actually thought it was going for a corner, so I turned to say something to the Wayne because me and the Wayne were sitting watching the game on the uh, on the couch. And I turned to say something to him, and the next minute he hears, "Oh, it's falling to Kyle going, it's a fucking goal." So I thought what happened there, and then seeing you watch it back on the replay, as you see him again, and the ball comes up, it's deflected off of Davis, but up into there, Davis and Jota. Kind of track that, and then the next minute you see it starting to come down. Davis is he's jumped up to heater it, but he's kind of shut his eyes and he's shucked away from it. And he's done a, almost a wee, a, a kind of half fucking half hearted header. It's went down, and at that point, Jota's actually doing this with his arms, right? He's actually cow, he's actually cowering away with the ball, and the ball hits him on the buzz. It maybe, maybe, maybe touches the fucking the very, very tip. He's pinky. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it just absolutely does not. There's no doubt about that. You see it from the side angle. And fair play that we don't see that fully until the post-match review by Sky. But you see it from the side angle. It does not remotely go near his hand at all. It's not even in a dis- debate. The fact that two of them came out, Tavernier and Beal, 
and claimed that as a handball is an absolute disgrace. That they, they just jump straight onto that. They're clutching at straws and they should be hauled up for, for, for claiming that, calling the game into dispute, dispute and all the rest of that nonsense because it was so far removed from his handball. It was unbelievable. Well, no, it's I, just, I, it just I, isn't. You've seen, I've seen what they've been getting away with. It's nowhere near it. Aye. We'll get through the rest of this because I want to come back to that, especially about the, the comments that Michael Beale came out with at the end. Of it. I don't know if you caught and onto this, but we'll, we'll get on to that. But um, again, even even the fucking Bampots in the studio were saying never a penalty. I don't know where the hell they're getting that for. But it was a great goal for Kyogo. Gav, you says it. He's the man with the predatory instincts, and it was great that he could use those instincts to score against an actual predator uh, right through his legs. <laughs> fucking stole my line, man. I've been sitting in that for about 10 minutes. <laughs> fucking slid it under the predator. I'm claiming that. I wanted that. I'm taking the assist on that. <laughs> <laughs> but aye, somebody, somebody said it earlier on. We Kyogo's earned, earned the term, the Hunscalp on the, because that's what he does. He comes up. Turns up in the big games. He doesn't do a lot in the games, but, you know, he's got the instincts there to get the goals in. First goal was a cracker, and then the second goal was was was, was brilliant. And at that point, I thought we were going to run away with the game. I thought it was going to be one of the ones where it was going to go into a three, a four, possibly a five. Um, then, obviously, the game continues on. And you're talking about an error for Davis. Davis, Davies, sorry. Uh, then it then leads on to another error by the fucking rotten mob centre back. The ball comes back into the defence, and then John Souter just plays a blind pass back to, to McGregor, but it's actually wide to the goalkeeper. And fair play to Jota, by the way, because he's got that and he's he's got that in his locker to, to know that he's got a chance of getting it. And he races forward. McGregor's in no man's land. He tries to recover it after doing the wee, the wee kind of shuffle step that goalkeepers do sometimes when they're indecisive. And he gets the ball, gets a toe on it, gets round McGregor and puts it in. Left foot. Here we go. I thought that was a game over. Fucking brilliant, brilliant day. Um, Again, I keep asking you this question, guys, because you were at the game. You know what the atmosphere was like. What was what was the feeling when Jota scored? Did you think that was that over? Or were you still kind of... I... I... At that point, I mean, you're obviously assuming you're going to win, but at the very least, you've guaranteed yourself a draw, which realistically was all we needed. Obviously, you're not going to fucking knock back a win, but you know you're not going to get bet, which is the main thing. To be honest with you, I don't want to sound like a knob, but that's how I thought the game would go. I, I thought we would we would come out the second half and go the 3 1 up, and then you knew because in the 3 0 game and the 4 0 game, obviously, aye, it's been 3 and 4 0, but the fourth goal in that game for Turnbull was essentially a Rangers assist. When we get the three goals, we tend to kind of, I don't want to say we sit back because we still make chances, but we switch and go that slightly wee bit more defensive just to kind of guard what we've got, which again is totally understandable. But at 3-1, aye, the, the atmosphere was bouncing. And as I say, at that point of that worst case scenario, it's a 3 draw, which obviously didn't turn it to be. So, yeehaw. What's interesting is uh, we'd actually brought a water on uh, on the hour mark, and at that point we kind of showed things up. We were taking Moy off, um, but even after that, we, we, we go three one up. Um, but whenever that that goal went in, so I don't know what that comment was all about about Iwata, But talking about the Jota goal, when Jota scored, it was it was banter material. 
Um, the, the the short pass back, McGregor looking every day of his age, trying to run out and then realising I'm not going to get it. And Jota just putting it past him. And I was thinking that's that's going to be the last we see of McGregor at Parkhead because he's going to be retiring in the summer. And that will be his last embarrassment, his last day at the office at Parkhead. A, a, another defeat that he's endured. Um, it, it looked brilliant. What would have really capped off for me is if John Suter went off injured during the game. I would have loved that. But the next best, the next best thing was for him to make that that mistake. You know, it was really, really baffling. On the phone in, when I was coming home, he said, John, John Suter showed that he belongs at this level. He just gave away a goal from like a pure schoolboy error. So make up your mind, he's either good enough or he's not good enough. You can't have it both ways. He makes a terrible error, conceding the third goal, or he's good enough. Make up your mind, man. But a, a beautiful goal. I was thinking at that point, I've actually predicted it to be 4-1 today. I'm like, how the tables have turned, because I thought, we're never going to get a 4-1 result. We're now 3-1 up. I'm thinking, yeah, we could be heading that way. But of course, they bring a goal back to make it 3-2. Um, but yeah, the second half was mental, man. Second half was crazy. There was just so many. But we're still committing like poor, poor, uh, poor tactical errors, passing errors. But it swings and roundabouts, you know. You're happy one minute. You're you're almost clutching your your your, your eyes at the next. Um, waffling here, man. Um, and my voice is hoarse. Paddy, take over. See, see, I was actually hoping you were going to continue on it. Uh, but one thing I do want to say about the second half, probably the first half as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about you know cheating and disallowed goals being like of a cheating ilk. But if you look at two of their players in particular, I thought they were an absolute disgrace. Uh, Cantwell, Cantwell and what's the other one? Uh, Tillman. Tillman, the two of them should fucking win Olympic gold medals for diving because they were a pair of fucking cheating bastards. There was one, uh, there was one kind of doing the right hand side, <coughs> excuse me. That it, no, sorry, it wasn't. It wasn't. The, the, there was one we can't. Well, actually, ran into a Greg Taylor. He ran into him, and it wasn't even as if it was like fucking a hundred mile an hour. He just ran into him, and then the next minute he's done fucking rolling about the ground. There was nothing wrong with him, uh, and there was another one, and I can't remember who it is. Uh, I think it was on, it was on Tillman. I can't remember who fouled him. Uh, but they did. They never even touched him. They won the ball. And even the commentator was saying he's had he's made no contact. It was Johnson, it was Alistair Johnson. <coughs> he's made no contact with the man. He's won the ball. Paddy, I, I totally agree with you. Th those guys were particularly annoying to the crowd. That's probably the reason why I was shouting so much. Do you remember another incident? It was in the second half. Uh, the Rangers defender, um, Suter, was running back uh, towards goal. And one of our attackers, it might have been Maida, um, could have been Haksabanovich, I don't know, was right behind him. And as soon as there was the slightest touch, Suter went down and he actually caught the ball in his hands before he even went down. It was infuriating. It was, mm, I, I, don't know, I don't know if there was any contact. He might have just breathed on him. But it's getting to like that. And Clancy, at every opportunity, um, he, he was given it. He, was, he, he, he wasn't even... He wasn't even saying, oh, was there enough contact there to cause that foul? He was just giving it. He was giving them, uh, from my point of view, the, 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 the decisions that he gave today were very much weighted towards them for just the slightest thing. 
albeit I admit I acknowledge the the the, the disallowed goal in the first half of Morelos, which I said it's only fair to put it in the the, the, the ledger um, for him, but it just seemed that he was giving away so many fouls, so many decisions to Rangers, and I'm just thinking, you're not even trying right now, man. You're, I don't know what's going on here. Aye, there, 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 there was so many kind of inconsistent calls by the referee. There was one as well, and it was really, I, I was fucking raging at the telly, I was shouting and bawling. The, the ball went out for a for a bye kick to, to, to that mob. And I can't remember who the Celtic player was, but it was but he got up to run away, and then the next minute, Borna Barris just came behind him, went like that, two hands around his neck, and stopped him. Aye, this this one is he just on the touchline? Aye, do you fucking see what he did? You angled right right around him. He's a good slam him. He had two hands around his neck. The guy was running away, and he went like that, put two hands around his neck, and stopped him. And it was this one late in the game when he's. But they just Clancy went after the touchline now. Aye, just after the touchline, Clancy runs away all and points a couple of fingers at the two of them. Fucking aye, aye. For what? An absolute disgrace. Watch Borna Barishek again. If you ever do watch that 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 bit back, watch him and watch his eyes and watch what happens. He fucking puts his arm around him. He's about to fucking slam him to the ground, and he realizes the rest watching him, <laughs> and he just catches himself, and he makes it look like it's a friendly pat and a hug sort mm. of thing. He's a fucking yep. aggressive wee prick. He should have been done for that. He caught himself just before he made it look any worse than it was. But we all know what he was fucking thinking. There was one in the first half as well. No kind of like that, but just fucking terrible refereeing again. I don't know if it would have showed you on the on the telly or if it would have got a mention. I don't even know if you would have noticed it, Gaffy, where you were sitting. It was purely because it was kind of right in front of me. Uh, I, I can't remember what it is that happens, but McGregor, the, it's, it's a goal kick. The boss came after the Celtic player and McGregor goes for it. When he picks it up, he's comfortably, and I mean comfortably, about at least three feet behind the byline. So it's a goal kick. Linesman puts his flag up, goal kick. McGregor just runs on the park and fucking rolls the ball out, and the, the referee just like that, play on, play the advantage. I'm like, it's a goal kick. I'm like, you can't play the advantage for a goal kick. And don't get me wrong, it made absolutely no difference. It made no better in the game. But like, how fucking basic is that that you can't even get a goal kick right when the linesman gets his fucking flag up? And that was that can I say the tone because that was in the first half. Uh, the Carter Vickers one, don't get me wrong, it probably was a booting without having seen it back. The Alan Moy one is the one I'd be actually interested to see back because on first viewing, and as I say, I haven't seen anything again. I actually think he might have done Aaron Moy a favour in only booting him because I know it's at the halfway line, but it looks as if he's far too slow in the ball. But it looks as if he loses the ball, fouls the player, and then just brings the ball back in. And they would have been clean through because we didn't have any defenders back. Aaron Moy was right. technically all he, last match. He, he, he doesn't bring the ball in. He, he, he grabs the legs of the Rangers player and pulls him down. Right. He's very that's that's what Kieran's alluding to there. Uh, that, that's the point in the good boy, chat. Boy wow. did a great rugby tackle after a foul. I love that. And as you say, James, um, Moy gets he, he loses possession and he's trying to chase the guy back and he's that slow that he actually falls. And it's one of the kind of on all moments. And he just gra- he just grabs his ankles and takes him out. And at that point, I was thinking, yeah, fucking clown. And then I thought, nah, do you know what? That's probably. That's up there. We are. <laughs> take, take one for the team. <laughs> I right. well, need to see it back because I, I thought, obviously, you're 
tell him I'm lying, but I thought he fouled him and then pulled the ball back in so he could no, never no, know he the ball. So no, I'm thinking it's a foul at Anderhorn, but I know it's obviously the same motion, but a foul at Anderhorn, Bob, so maybe he's not done him a turn now. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we're 3-1 we're, we're up, and then they've they've literally started throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the game. Um, then the ball comes in, can't remember who the fuck it was, to the right-hand side, and the defence are caught well out in that tavern there, manages to pop up again at the back post. Rahida scores his 100th goal. Not that that matters, because it doesn't make a fucking difference. Um, but again, it was very, very poor defending. And at that point, you're thinking, oh, fuck, is that one of these ones? Because they're on the ascendancy here. They're coming into the game. They're having a go. We're not as if we're dealing with it. Um, so that goes in. So we keep plugging away. We've already made the substitutions. Um... Awata had come on for Moy, made a difference, I thought. Then, uh, who else came on? Haxabanovich and O come on. And then Bernabai and Turnbull comes on. And we need to talk about Bernabai. We need to talk <laughs> about that. Great piece of play for Celtic. We managed to, we managed to split them open. Can't remember who it was that put them through, but somebody's put Bernabai clean on, one-on-one with a goalkeeper. All he has to do is take a shot either side of the goalkeeper and it's a goal. What does he do? He tries to pass it to the fucking invisible man beside him. My God. He must have been fucking going mental at that game. At that. I, was, I, I, I thought he took the shot and he just fucking scuffed the fuck out of it. No, mate. You no, he tried re- to pass no, it no. to somebody. What, what's the replay again? I don't think he even tries to pass it. I think he's tried to do a, a weird cutback and he's Footwork's been too too quick for his fucking brain. He's went, oh, fuck, what have I done? Donkey with that one. As you say, Paddy, just fucking have it. Either side of the keeper that's going in, just fucking have right. it. Even if he scalps it and it goes over the bar, you usually say, well, fair enough, you took the fucking shot, you donkey. But fuck me. What he tried to pull off there was absolutely... Nah, I, think, I, knows, I, think I think I'm going to say that he definitely tried to square it. Aye, it did. Russia's not to need, man. It 100% did square it because... After it, like when he's running through in goal, you're thinking, right? You, you seen you showed what he can do last week in terms of finishing it. Like, he just saw it under him. Fucking, he's not going to get done, seal the deal. And then he's tried to cut it back to someday in the fucking Green Brigade or something. But see, <laughs> see, after he does it, he, he turns around and he's having a go at Haxabanovich. And I swear <laughs> to God, Haxabanovich is easily, easily 30 yards behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's shoving a rocket up his ass, give him at least a chance. Oh, I mean, I was, I was all Ben of his fault, fucking stupidity. Aye, what you saying? I was, I was apoplectic with age. Um, like you, you were thinking, if you're going to get a chance through on goal, thank God that you got a goal in the previous game because your confidence will be high. Go for it, wee man. Go for it. Make a name for yourself. Become a hero. And he does that is inexplicable. And the fact that he's got the, the, the goal to criticise another teammate for not being there when nobody was there. He was there. It was his moment and he shot it. I wonder if he would have shot it if it was against any other team. Maybe it was just the occasion. And then you need to kind of call, call into question his mentality. Uh, but you're thinking at that moment, are we going to regret not scoring that? We came very close. We came very mm. close. You should never be in a Glasgow derby at home with like five five minutes stoppage time on the clock, and you're like, we've scored three goals at home today, but you're still biting your nails. That shouldn't happen, man. 
But that's the, that's the game that we witnessed today. And to be fair, it, it, towards the end, I think, well, obviously we've, we've criticised Joe Hart today, but he did make a, a good block late on in the game. I think Carter Vickers had one as well. Maybe Starfield. There was definitely another one. I, I, I know I'll need to apologise. I keep forgetting who's did what, but it was just that frantic at points that you're thinking, fuck me, man, I can't keep up with us. But we managed to see it out. We won the game. Three points in the bag. 12 points ahead. Is this now the time that we can finally turn around and say confidently that the league Chappelle's, is over? Because I've no, I've, I've been, I've been reluctant to 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 buy into that because stranger things have happened. But now I think the time is to, to the time is now to say the league is over. Done. It's done, Dusty. Aye, they had to win today. Even a draw, a draw kills it as well. Obviously, fucking twelve points. What is it? Seven games left. So technically, we can win it the first. Well, first game of the split. Aye, come on, it's seven games to go. Twelve points clear. We would need to drop points in five of those seven for them to realistically win it. Where's that going to happen? We've dropped points in two games all season. That's mm-hmm. it's just it's fantasy to hold on to that. That is the league is fucking. Fly that flag. No, the, the league is over. The league is over, but what shouldn't be over is our intensity, our standards. I want us to maintain that. For us to go, so this is uh, 31 games played now. We've only dropped points in two games. Uh, a draw against them and um, a defeat um, in Paisley. That's that's fantastic for them. You don't get that very often. People might say, well, that's because the, the, the opposition are so poor. You might say that, but that, that that's not allowed us to drop our standards. So for the remaining games, I want us to keep going, keep going. And Posicoglu is not going to let anyone uh, drop their standards in training or in games, because if you do, you're going to get replaced. So it's been fantastic. A great victory today. We're all, we're all smiles, but... Keep going, keep going, and let, let's make that, that record by getting the, the highest points total ever. I'd like to see that happen. Where go, James? No, no, I was just going to say, can we just rewind a bit? Just while we're getting on Burnaby's back, I'm sure it was Burnaby. We had a free kick with like 20 seconds to go or something. Everybody ran forward. Everybody ran back. Turnbull then ran about fucking 15 yards offside. And then Burnaby passed them the ball. And I, I don't know if it would have been highlighted on the telly, but sitting at the game, you're like, all right, he's made a fucking dummy run for a bit of space for somebody. And then he's just passed them it. And as soon as he passed it, lines was just offside. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Did it get mentioned? I yeah. think it, I. Do you know something? I can't even remember that. James, uh, I remember it. It was a bizarre, it was a bizarre <laughs> like, like segment of the game. It was like, like the, the the Rangers players who had the holiday, uh, they'd kind of lined up in one one line, and it, it was just like a, a kind of like a just like a classic offside trap. You, we had to pass it back; we couldn't pass it forward, and we passed it forward. <laughs> we honestly, there was a lot I've, in that I, I've said it. I'll, I'll say it again. I'll say that a hundred times before. See, when it comes to time wasting, keeping the ball in a corner, fucking, we must be the worst team in the history of football at doing it. Apart from them barely doing it at Ibrox for like five minutes in injury time, I don't think we've ever done it successfully. But what, what I would say as well is, I, I, as much as we've kind of 
had a wee go at Joe Hart. I'll give him some credit as well. I don't know if, again, if it would have been mentioned on the telly, but see, after they scored their second goal, see the ball boys behind the goals and in the corners. He told them, just sit in your ass, don't move, just sit there. And then he was chasing every ball. And I normally have a go at him because he's fucking shouting for the ball. If it's 2-1, one, 1-0, one, whatever, he's wanting to get the ball and keep going. But he'd, he'd done really well today, kind of taking his thing with it, which is very, very, very unlike him. I think that, that, like that's his experience one. coming through really well Aye. and understanding the, the game itself. It's just, just, it's really good to see that. And again, you don't want to get on to Joe Hart's back. Yeah, he could have done better for that free kick, but we're going to concede goals. Uh, I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned if we're dropping points, but we didn't. So we'll cut people slack, apart from Aaron Moy, who could have been better. I want to say, though, nobody's mentioned it really. We're talking about guys who could have been a lot bit better, black. And Moy, I think overall most of the players didn't go missing, but nobody did anything outstanding. <clears throat> it's more you're looking at Moy, Burnaby's daft moments, as moments of like fuck's sake, you've let us down, sort of thing. I think everybody's had a quiet game and a bit of an off game, apart from Jotter. I honestly think, well, apart from Alison Johnson, of course, who's man of the match, clearly. But I also think Jota had a really good game today. I think he showed for the ball really well. He made some good runs in the first half. He had a great shot on goal, which unfortunately didn't create a goal. But you have to remember, he gets his goal later on as well. I think he was always trying to run against the line. He was always showing himself. And I think he was one of our best, if not only, real out- outlets of the ball today. Mm. <clears throat> Can I also uh, ask the question, you guys? So uh, hindsight, twenty twenty, etc., etc. Everybody spoke about the midfield dilemma today with the fact that Rio Hattati was injured. So do we go with O'Reilly? Do we go with Moy? And of course, of course, McGregor was going. He was going to start. Um, a lot of some people were saying that Awata should start. Awata playing as the defensive midfielder allows McGregor to push up. But after the game. What do you think of Awata's performance when he came in? The the, the different the different dynamic that we had to our midfield, and taking into account how how off the pace Moy was, and I also I'll just kind of final final point of that question is a lot of people say that Moy and O'Reilly cannot play in the same midfield together. I'm not sure if I subscribe to it, but on the evidence of what I've seen, I get why people say that. So James, what do you think of Awata's performance and? But does he go in ahead in the pecking order of some people? I think so. I uh, I think a lot of changed the game when he came on. Um, he, he kind of was the only one that was really kind of. I that's it. That's it. Not sure. Did he calmed it down? Um, Moy, I don't think is the quickest in the world anyway. I've said before. I think he he needs to play deep, and when he's got the space to pick his passes, that's when he's at his best. In a game like that, when it's played at that intensity and that's pace, it gave the benefit of the doubt as well. If he's just coming back, he's going to be a wee bit rusty. So he looked as if he was running in treacle at points and he looked as if he was fucking thinking in treacle. He was that slow in getting his passes off. But uh, I would have probably... He started the midfield that I thought he would start, but I would have probably taken Moy off at half-time. Um, and if it was me that was picking the team, I would have went Moy... Uh, McGregor, and I think I would have probably went Turnbull over O'Reilly, but O'Reilly, as I say, he did. I thought he came on a great game in the second half. Aye, aye. Um, guys, are you you guys becoming fans of Abata? 
Solo, solo but surely. Um, again, I don't think we've seen enough of him to to know what what he's going to give to the team. He started the game last week against County, and I think that's the, the most we've seen. And said, "Oh, he can work, and there's somebody there to develop." But I'm still not sure is he McGregor's replacement to allow McGregor to go forward, or can he work instead? Or again, I I don't know how he fits in fully. But he's a player to be utilised, and I think what today will do for for the team going forward in the last seven games, because we almost had Rocco Vata coming on, I think they got the second goal, and then he pulled Rocco Vata back onto the bench and says, no, you're not going on, this is too too risky at this point. I think now, being 12 clear, seven to go and all that stuff, I think you'll start to see Awata get in the games now, more than the, the 20 minutes, so I think he'll start, I think he'll start the next game for sure, and let Moy rest. I think you'll start seeing more Kobayashi, more of Rocco Bata, maybe more of Haksabanovic and Abada starting over Maeda and Jotter. I think the French players like them, I think we'll see much more of them in the last kind of six, seven games as we go into it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I, I kind of, McGinty, whenever you say that Bosakoglu <laughs> might start playing people like Bata, makes me think of um, Christopher Julian's interview, the last interview I heard him. He's had quite a few interviews, that, that Frenchman. And uh, he was talking about Apotokoglu and one of the reasons why he um, he didn't have respect for him uh, as a manager was because he said that he would get some game time. Apotokoglu promised him game time once we'd mathematically <clears throat> won the league and then he'd be, he'd be able to, to go in. But uh, he, he never got that game time at the end of the season. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, y- you've seen it before with Celtic managers, Um Putting in the youngsters near the end once once the league has been clinched. Um, well, we see that for, for Roko Vata. I think you definitely have to see it for Iwata because Iwata is doing it on merit with Roto Vata. Nothing to take, I, I don't want to take anything away for the boy, but I think we're all eager to see him. You know, everybody wants to see some youth um, development. And of course, you want to send out the good signals that if you're a, a youth Celtic player, you're going to get some game time. There's no need to go away to pastures uh, elsewhere. So, We'll find out, time will tell, if Rocco Vata is going to get game time, but Awata definitely deserves it. Kobayashi is another one. Do you break up the Starfield camera cut of Vickers partnership or do you give uh, Koba some games? We'll, we'll find out. Aye, I, I'd, I'd give Kobayashi. I'd give Kobayashi. I'd like to get a look at him. Um, Starfield. I know he maybe gets a bit of a hard time out, but he does have his moments. Um, so I wouldn't mind getting Kobayashi a few games to see what he can do. And he's looked he's looked good enough and he's played as well. Maybe even give Big a wow. A wee a wee shot when it's done and dusted. No. No, please don't. No, please don't. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. He he's away. <laughs> I think I think you're gonna to have to wait to to after the semi final before anything like that happens, you know, kind of squad rotation and stuff, because he'll he'll be wanting his players to be Crisp, plenty of game time in them because that's 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 now our biggest game of the season. Well, as it stands, uh, as the semi final against them. But as guys have alluded to in the, in the comments, Bill showed his card today. He showed how his team's going to play. So now we need to take that and analyze it, analyze your performance and how to counter what they're going to bring because they're going to come out and try and play the exact same way. We can't play the exact same way that we did today because there's a potential there that we could end up with an upset in our hand if we if we uh, approach games by not being able to pass uh, 
successively and, and you know get the games flowing the way that we usually do. Um but at the same point, same time, um they've they've gave it their best go today and they've still lost their captain, who's a serial loser, as far as I'm concerned, has scored his 99th and 100th goals. And it may it meant nothing. We've we've ruined we've ruined his moment, you know what I mean, by winning that game. Um and that that ties in with the comments at the end. I don't know if you guys have heard any. Yeah, well, obviously McGinty has. Um, but yourself, Gavin, James, you, you probably won't have heard the comments. But after the game, um, Posh Coglu spoke. And uh, he basically, you know, spoke about how proud he was of the team and this and that. And then he, he was asked a question, McGinty, you maybe be able to back me up on this one. I'd never really heard it. I kind of caught the tail end of it. But he basically asked something like, you know, does things kind of fall on one game and is it, is it does it make it hard for you not and he says listen mate he says nothing's ever easy for me he says i don't get easy days he says you should try being in my shoes for one day he says and then you'll, you'll you'll see how easy it is you know what i mean um but then then came on to tavernier who came out and done, done the interview <laughs> he basically came out and says that he's the they're, they're bitterly disappointed and they feel very hard done by because the first goal should have stood and this is when I first heard about Jota's handball. Was when Tavernier mentioned it. He says that the the second one, he's 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 went into the dressing room and he's had a look back at it, and it's definitely a handball, which is absolute push. <laughs> and then, of course, which I've spoken about earlier, I wanted to go into later, which is now, your man came out and spoke, Mister Bill. So the first thing that he kind of started talking about was. Uh, they felt as if they should have at least have had, at the very least, had a draw at the game. They feel as if they've been hard done by. All the way then, turned it back and says, he won't be one of these managers. He's never been a manager to moan about VAR. So to me, that's a dig at Postacoglu. And he then turns around and says that the first goal should have stood. Uh, he then goes on to talk about some fucking nonsense about you can see the numbers on Morelos's back creased which means that Johnson had a hold of his back. <laughs> and he then turned around and says that he's he's the same. He's had a look back at it. And it was definitely a handball by Jota. Uh, and he then, he, he then basically, without saying it, but he actually did say it, he criticised the referees. Now, that's, that's loser mentality. But they'd already started that days before the game had started because they'd already turned around and said that they were kind of worried about the fact that who the referees were and who the officials were, i.e. Kevin Clancy. So they've got their excuses in before the game had even started and then they've pulled the same excuses out after the game. So, again, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the semi-final because I hope that we absolutely pump them because, see, that guy, he's, I actually hate, I, I can't stand him, I hate him. I hate his big, stupid face. I hate his big, stupid mole. I hate his fucking, the fact he's just one of these representatives of that rotten club that come out and do the exact same thing and they come out and they try and blame everybody else. We beat them fair and square. We've beat them fair and square all season. <laughs> Every single team fair and, fair and square that we've won this season. And there's Bob McBob. Aye, you get to fuck your cunt. Uh, aye, so again, like... <sighs> McGinty, carry on, mate. You'll, you'll, you'll need a rant. Can I, can I just well, say, that, that, McGinty? 
Uh, sorry, McGinney, uh, uh, you probably had something to say. Please continue. I was just going to say, that's that's why I made a point when we were talking about the um, the disallowed Morales goal. You could see both the shirts being pulled and both the numbers being twisted. That's why I made that point, because I've heard Beal go on about it. And that's all oh, you can see that Morales' shirt and it's been you know, pulled around to the side or squished or whatever word he's used. He's tried to make I can physically see the evidence. And the fact that he's actually watched that on video and played that back and yet still comes out after that again and say that the Jota one was a handball. And both of them, Tavernier does as well, they've both looked at that on the cameras. They both looked at that and still want to go down that route of claiming handball. It's loser mentality. It's being a sole loser. It's, you know, end of the day though, guys. 3-2, 12 points clear. What more can we say today? As a, my main takeaway, even before, obviously, the comments that he's come out with after the game, mind that uh, during the week and the week before, it was all this pish for Tavernier about, oh, this is this is going to be the real Rangers that turn up. We've learned. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. I would say that's probably up there with some of the worst football we've played this season. And we've still scudded them 3-2. So... It sets us in good stead for the semi-final in my book, considering we'll have, well, hopefully have Hattati back for that. Yeah, yeah. I think over the course of this season, um, <laughs> apart from the, 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 the 4-0 game at Parkhead, which was delicious, when we drew two each at Ibrox and even the, the, the cup final at Hamden, I don't think we've been at our scintillating best. Now, today, Rangers really had to bring it. Beal has been giving it a lot of noise in the media. Um, he's been talking about his own record in Glasgow derbies, even whenever he wasn't the manager. He was just simply an employee of the club. Um, they they put a lot of pressure on themselves to deliver today, and they had to as well. They had to back up the chat, and they had to they had, they had to get uh, three points today to, 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 to make the league interesting for the remainder. Um, but they've not. They've failed. And, you know, as I said, with the, the performances of us this season, we've not been our centre-inclined mess apart from the 4-0 game. So we have to be half-decent to beat them, but we don't have to be amazing to beat them. Um, but they've they they've got a lot of deficiencies and they're, they're really going to have to go back to the drawing board again to because they've got so many frailties at the back and up front, they don't take their chances. Um, and what I love is that, that Beal has now been in charge for three Glasgow derbies, the two each at, at Ibrox, today at, at Parkhead and at Hamden, and in those three games, he's not managed to beat us. So he, he the, the, the the players, the serial losers that he's coaching, they're rubbing off on him. That that that's that that's good to see. He's not making his mark like he promised to do. The guys, and of course, guys. Gav, of course, Gav today also marks his first defeat as manager in the league. Aye, aye that's him three points behind, so he can still turn that run. They're still the players at Ibrox. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Somebody, somebody actually made the comment earlier on. Um, you two guys at the game wouldn't you have seen it McGinty I don't know if you saw this but did you actually see John Beaton's face at the end John Beaton was the one of the fourth officials and he was I'm sure he was the guy that had the scoreboard or something um, he's standing there and the camera pans out to, to big hands as soon as the referee blows a whistle and John Beaton is standing there with our face like thunder 
Uh, it was delicious to see. Well, sure as fuck, you'll get the semi final now, then. Aye. Fuck. <laughs> guys, guys, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Um, right, okay. We'll be back on Tuesday for the Tuesday TikTok. And I, I guess we'll uh, we'll let this result digest. We'll go away and probably watch it again. We'll, we'll speak about it a wee bit more on Tuesday. And we'll talk about the fallout of um, the Seth Conians and anything else that, that, that comes up in the news. Um, aye, it's been it's been a great day. A great day at the office. They, they, they put us through um, our paces at times, but we got the three points. Guys, uh, any final thoughts before we wrap it up for today? Just absolutely delighted. Fly the flag. That's good. And the league, the league is officially over now, guys. We're going to commit to that. The league is over. Move on. Move on. Right, anyway, uh, thanks very much for tuning in to the Jungle Gyms podcast. Um, if you've not done so already, go on and hit the like button. Go on and hit subscribe. And... We'll see you on Tuesday. Tune in. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Easter weekend, guys. Have a great time. Catch you.